Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church. Good morning, everybody. I'm sorry if I'm disappointing you today. I am not the same person I was up here last week. That is actually my handsome best friend, uh, Max Secor. Uh, he looks, uh, he's the better looking uh, friend of the two, but uh, I am not he. But anyways, good morning, everybody. So today's service is the eyes of Jesus. And as you know, we've been going through a series where basically we use the body parts of Jesus to convey deeper spiritual meanings to better, under, to, to better help us understand the person of Jesus Christ. And so today, I want to talk to you about the eyes of Jesus. Is that okay? Can I do that? Some of you are like, what is he talking about? So let me help you out. As a matter of fact, let me help you help me out. Can anybody guess what exactly I'm going to be focusing on regarding the eyes of Jesus? I'll give you a hint. It starts with the P. Some of you already know. Perspective. Perspective, exactly. Today, I want to talk to you about perspective. But not just any perspective. I'm not talking about your personal perspective your professor's perspective, your CNN, your mama's, or even your great-grandmama's perspective. I want to talk to you about the perspective of Jesus. The perspective of Jesus. The perspective that only he can give us if we come to him and allow him to give it to us for every situation in life that we come across. You know, perspective is a pretty funny thing. Perspective simply means a point of view an attitude or an opinion towards something. Yet for some people, their opinion or their perspective is as serious as the diehard truth. And they're willing to plant their flag and die on that hill, even though it might not be completely based in reality or truth, right? And then there's other people where it's not as serious or as personal or sensitive to them for their perspective, but rather it's just naturally intrinsic within them. Take, for example, a child. I love the perspective of a child. Little Tommy, when he's praying at the breakfast, he thanks God for the milk, the cereal, the orange, the orange, the juice, the eggs, the bread, the butter, the jelly, the salt and pepper, the dog, Charlie, right? When as adults, we simply just categorize this as food. And then we say a quick amen because we want to start grubbing, right? Because who's got time to thank God for the salt and pepper and the dog Charlie when the food's getting cold, right? You should though, because it's spiritual, by the way. I mean, I know I give thanks for the salt and pepper, but uh, anyways, right? And then there's other times where you get hit left field by a child's perspective. And before you know it, they're the most mind-boggling, philosophical being you've ever met in your entire life. There's a story about a father who one Christmas took his family 
uh, to go watch the nativity story, you know, the birth and the coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, during the play, uh, she interrupts her father and uh, she goes, Daddy? And he replies, yes, honey. Why do we celebrate a baby that was born to die? Right? And, for, and that was mind-boggling. Sometimes you can't even understand what uh, a, a child's perspective, how it can be so mind-blowing uh, for you like that. But you know, as you grow older, you realize that there's other more important and serious things to have a perspective on. You think of morals, relationships, how to raise kids, a uh, career to choose, and so forth. And in order to build this perspective, we need a ton of experience and knowledge. But when it comes to spiritual perspective, for having a perspective like Jesus's, we need that and so much more. We need an encounter with the living God. And speaking of encounter, I want to share with you a story about a blind man in the Bible who needed a new perspective on life, literally, and in return got that and something much more, the perspective of Jesus. Turn me to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and I'll give you a second to get there. You guys with me? All right, awesome. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. All right, and it reads as this. It says, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing a cloak, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And you know, there's so much to take from the story that I wanna share with you, but I'm just gonna leave you with three points. And my first point is this, shout all the more. Shout all the more. From this story, what we know about Bartimaeus is two things. One, he was blind. And the Bible doesn't make mention of it, but we can probably almost guarantee that he was probably blind since he was an infant. And two, he's a beggar, which means he was poor, which in turn also means that he was probably also homeless. And so how devastating Bartimaeus must have felt to not only be poor and homeless, but also not be able to see what was right in front of him. He probably be sat in the same exact spot begging every single day because it was the only place familiar to him. And so as you can imagine, Bartimaeus 
was dying for a new perspective. And you know, in verse 47 to 48, we begin by seeing Jesus with the crowds and Bartimaeus, he overhears it. And he sees this as this one and only chance to get his perspective from Jesus. And so he cries out to him and he shouts, Jesus, son of David, Jesus, son of David. You know, this term, uh, Jesus, son, uh, son of David, is actually a term that was used in the Old Testament prophecies where it referred basically to a warrior who would come one day, uh, a messianic king that would arise from the lineage of David, and he would one day come as a warrior with a sword to conquer the oppressive Roman government and establish his kingdom and his rule here on earth one day. And they did not expect it to be a homeless carpenter by the name of Jesus, that would be him. But somehow the blind beggar gets word of this and he believes in this Jesus that's passing by him, not just as Jesus, the healer who could give him sight, not just as Jesus, the provider who could give him wealth, but Jesus, the King. Yes. And so it's with this deep conviction that he, in his heart that he cries out and he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd tries to shut him up. They rebuke him and they tell him to be quiet. But the Bible says, he shouts all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, there was a time when it was admirable to stand up for what you believe and to speak up about it, even if you look like a fool doing so. But in today's culture, especially when you try to talk about Jesus, right? They'll try to shut you up call you crazy, call you radical, and steal your voice away unless you're preaching a different kind of Jesus. Unless you're preaching Jesus, the blessing giver. Jesus, the sickness healer. Even Jesus, the savior. But let him be Jesus, the Lord, and watch your voice begin to get drowned out. Don't expect a change in perspective without some opposition, yes. especially when it's of Jesus. Because it's the truth, it's gonna come, and when it does, you'll be left with one or two choices. And that's the predicament that Bartimaeus found himself in. He could have either allowed the crowds to influence him and accepted that this is who he was, and this is how he would be for the rest of his life, but instead, he shouted all the more. Sometimes you have to break through the crowds and be louder than the voices around you if you're gonna, go, uh, if you're gonna get what you're going after. Amen? Yeah. It takes a coward to keep from shouting, but a brave heart to look like a fool doing so. Any brave hearts with me? Come on. Come on. Question, what is it you're searching for? Have you allowed the crowds to quiet you in your cries for Jesus? Have you given up? Maybe you need Jesus's perspective today for a loved one, for a relationship, for a marriage, for your faith, this pandemic. My friends, Jesus wants to give it to you. But are you willing to shout?
Are you willing to look crazy and do whatever it takes to get there, even if all the crowd goes against you? Or will you settle with staying blind? You know, my encouragement to you as a practical is to press in when the opposition comes and fight for the perspective that Jesus has for you, that you're going after. You know, I don't know what your shouting might look like. For some of you, that might mean praying like you've never prayed before, seeking advice like you never have, or actually even getting on your knees and crying out to God. But whatever you do, don't stop shouting all the more like Bartimaeus. And I love what the Bible says because Jesus was always an example of what he teached. And in Hebrews chapter five, verse seven, it says, during the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. You see, when Jesus was faced with the perspective of the cross and dying on it, he prayed. Jesus cried and Jesus shouted. We need to get this perspective in our life. We need it so, so much. My second point is this, throw it aside, throw it aside. Look at what it says here in verse 50. It says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Bartimaeus threw his cloak aside as he came to Jesus. And you know, it's interesting because many writers believe that this wasn't just any ordinary thing, but it was a very significant act that Bartimaeus did. Some say as poor as he was, this cloak was probably all that Bartimaeus had to his name, his only source of comfort and shelter. Others believe it was a garment that represented his social status as a poor beggar to give up um, an outcast to his society and still today an outcast in ours. But either way, there's two things that we can conclude from his action. He was willing to give up all he had to receive his sight, and he was ready to have a new identity with Jesus. You know, this cloak had become his perspective, and his perspective had become his identity. What perspective are you holding on today that's become your identity? Because the truth is, sometimes it's the very things that we hold on to that keep us from moving forward in our lives. And what we sometimes don't realize is that it's actually destroying our lives and in the process, we fail to realize the damage that's being done all around us. How many people have ever seen the movie My Girl with Anna Klumski, right, and Macaulay Culkin? Probably not a lot of you because it came out in the 90s. A lot of you probably weren't even born, but it's okay. I just heard of it from Lolly and I'm loving it already. But basically, it's a, it's a story about uh, two, two characters, one by the name of Vado, who's a super emotionally charged, uh, hypochondriac girl who's always worried about her health, and a, a simple sweet boy uh, by the name of Thomas J, who just wants to befriend her. And long story short, the, the movie ends in a tragedy. One day, Vado, she loses uh, her mood ring, and, and Thomas J goes back into the woods to look for it for her, the simple sweet boy that he is, right? But there's only one problem. 
he's deathly allergic to bees. And he stumbles across a beehive and he's stung to death. And Veda is crushed. And at his funeral, as the preacher is giving his eulogy at the pulpit, she storms in the room and she runs to his casket and almost forgetting, with tears in her eyes, forgetting that he's even dead, she goes up to him and she goes, Thomas J, do you wanna go tree climbing? And where's his glasses? He's missing his glasses, he needs his glasses, he can't see. Where's his glasses? And then the parents come in and they pull him up and they try to pull her out the way and she goes, he was gonna be an acrobat. And you know, as funny as that sometimes is, as funny as that is, sometimes that can be us. We can be blinded by our perspectives, so much so by our own problems and personal realities that we don't even realize that we're crying out for the very wrong reasons. We're crying out for the glasses instead of the dead body in front of us because we're, we've been blinded by our own perspectives for so long. And unless we're willing to throw our cloaks aside, we can't see reality for what it truly is. To do that, we need the eyes of Jesus, his perspective. But you know, there's a, there's a third explanation for Bartimaeus' act of throwing his cloak aside that I never even thought of before, and it blew my mind. So I have a lot of cloaks myself. Uh, maybe you, you've heard. Uh, you can ask uh, Max, you can ask Jeff, you can ask Lolly, you can ask Stan, uh, Steve Filippo, Wayne, you can ask a lot of the brothers and they'll tell you, right? But my therapist one day, she pointed out to me, who's faith-based herself, she pointed out to me that Bartimaeus' act of throwing his cloak aside to go to Jesus represented his willingness to be naked before God, to be bare, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, not so much in a physical sense, but in a spiritual and an emotional sense. And that that's what I need to do whenever I go to God and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Because Jesus, he wants me, the real me, not the church me, but the broken me, the road rage me, the hypocrite me, that I try to do it all alone me. And the same goes for us, he wants you for who you are. But you know, the problem is, is that that can be scary. It's hard to change for a change, right? Can you imagine though, what it might've felt like being in Bartimaeus' shoes in that very moment? Being blind all of your life, you're a poor beggar, you smell, you probably look like a mess, nobody likes you, and you're about to come face to face with the man you've always been, yet have never seen. And for others of us, we're afraid of a new perspective because we're afraid that somehow, some way in the process, we're gonna lose ourselves or we're not being true to ourselves and who we are. But you know, sometimes it's a good thing. It's, sometimes it's not actually not a bad thing to let things go. Sometimes we need to let go of some things in order to get something better and return. In Matthew 16, 25, Jesus says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. We need to lose ourselves in order to find ourselves. And that's not a bad thing. And I just wanna say that, you know, I'm so encouraged 
because after all we've been through as a church this past year, we've grown so much as a family and we fought and we've shouted and we've thrown many cloaks aside to get the perspective of Jesus in our lives and to keep on pushing and to keep on moving forward. And we gotta continue. We can't stop just there. The eyes of Jesus needs to continue to be our perspective each and every single day. And I think that there's two ways that we can do this. The first one is throw it away, throw it aside. Maybe it's a perspective, maybe it's an identity, maybe it's a lifestyle, maybe it's a, it's a mindset, but whatever is hindering you, whatever is holding you back from having the perspective of Jesus, throw it aside. Hebrews 12, one uh, says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We gotta let go of everything that's holding us back if we're expected to last in the race that God has for us. And the second is this, we gotta seek opportunities to learn a new perspective, right? We gotta get together with other people who are different from us, see life through their lens, even if we don't agree with them or we see their perspective as right. And when you struggle with that, because it will come, it will happen, we need to ask ourselves two questions. What cloak am I holding on to? Or even better question, what cloak am I unwilling to let go of? My, my last and, and final point is this, want to see, want to see. You know, if you're gonna get the perspective of Jesus, you gotta want to see. Look at verse 51, when, when uh, Jesus uh, is approached by Bartimaeus and uh, Bartimaeus comes up to him, Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus was resolved. He said, I want to see. Do you want to see? Where's your faith right now? You know, Bartimaeus' response was, I want to see. That expressed his need, his want, his desire. How many of us are actually crying before God and telling him we want to see? If, if we have a God who's willing to stop a whole crowd with his disciples and give attention to a blind poor man, surely he will give attention to us, his children. I love what Psalms 51:17 says. It says, a broken and contrite heart, you God will not despise. A broken and contrite heart, you God will not despise. And I don't know what everyone is facing here today, but what do you need a new perspective on today? I wanna encourage you with two practicals. The first one is pray specific prayers. Pray specific prayers, God loves them. There's a saying that I, I tell uh, a lot of people and I love it, is that God specializes in specific prayers. His specialization is specificity. James chapter four, verse two, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You do not have because you do not ask God. And I love that perspective it's so so true sometimes right we find that our prayers are being answered because maybe sometimes we're not being specific enough 
And so with that, the second one is to fight to give vague prayers. Fight to give vague prayers. I admit, sometimes my prayers can be so vague that in the middle of the prayer, I forget what I was even praying for. Can anybody relate? Happens all the time. But we got to fight to be specific with Jesus and tell him exactly what we want to see. And lastly, uh, the third one is simply go. Go. In verse 42, uh, after Bartimaeus says, I want to see, Jesus says to him, go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received the sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know, so many times in the Bible, Jesus often healed so many people of their sicknesses and he commanded them to go, to leave your life of sin, to go and do, do the same no more. And very few people chose to stay. And Bartimaeus was one of them. In fact, recorded in all of the book of Mark, he's the only person that was healed by Jesus that actually stood and stayed and followed Jesus because he had a new perspective and he was forever changed. And when God unblinds us and gives us the perspective we need, let's not turn back, but let's turn to him and follow him. Let's go and follow him. I wanna end with, with a few questions. What decision will you make? Will you allow God to give you the eyes of Jesus and change your perspective? Will you shout all the more when the crowd is silencing you? Will you throw it aside and let go of everything holding you back? And will you want to see and have the perspective of Jesus once and for all? Let's choose to have the eyes of Jesus. I love you guys. Thank you. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.